Bienvenue au Pont pour la Mission. Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenido au Ponte à Mission. 欢迎欢迎，这是 Bridges for Mission. Bienvenue dans Pont pour Mission. Bienvenue we are the creative minds behind this podcast. In this second season, you will be invited to listen to new voices who are themselves passionate about God's mission and how we respond to God's call to be hands and feet of Christ, not only in our neighborhoods, but thousands of miles away from the comfort of what seems familiar. Several special assistants to the short-term mission office, skilled team leaders, We'll have conversations with guests living in the U.S. and abroad. We invite you to stay open to how their stories may intersect with your story. Let the movement of the Holy Spirit permeate your hearts. You'll soon discover how God equips all of us for the task we are called to, and you will recognize that we don't do this discernment process alone. Let these God moments create beautiful bridges for ministry. We live in hope and love, which neither can be silenced nor ignored. Welcome to Bridges for Mission. We are glad you found us. We are so glad you joined us. I'm Reverend Sandra Dorsonville, and I'm joined with Minister Nicole Cox, and we have the delight pleasure of having with us Reverend Dr. Cassandra Jones. She's an ordained minister. She's also an assistant professor at Rockbridge Theological Seminary, an assistant professor at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, and also at Shaw University Divinity School. Dr. Jones teaches courses in Christian education, cross-cultural development, and leadership. And she encourages her students to think creatively. You might find Dr. Jones at Charlotte International Airport because she is one of the chaplains. And finally, among all of her accolades, she has joined the team of special assistants to the short-term mission office. So welcome, Dr. Jones. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Well, hello, everyone. This is Minister Nicole Cox, um, and I'm also equally excited to be here and to talk to this lovely woman. But my first question for you is what brought you to Gordon-Conwell? Well, I was at an, another uh, seminary in Charlotte at the time, and I was I had been doing some weekend courses at Gordon Conwell in spiritual formation and um, some weekend uh, lectures in for educational ministry. And the dean contacted me one semester and said, "We'd like to bring you on board." to teach courses, to teach, um, you know, semester-long courses, uh, if you would be 
interested. And I actually left a uh, department head position to go there because uh, I would be teaching 100% in my field and I was a department head in an area that was like general education mm-hmm. at the other school. And I, I looked, I really was excited about delving more into research and in my passion and spending my time there. Also, the school um, is a hybrid school where it, it is focused for, is focused for um, uh, full-time working adults who are also trying to get their degrees, either their master's or their doctorates, in an area of, of ministry. And uh, we teach some of the classes on campus, and a little over 50% of the, camp, of the classes are online. So mm-hmm. with, with, with my life and my family living away, um, I, it gave me, it freed me up to have more time to travel, I had more flex, flexibility in my time. And just all the way around, um, I, I thought it would be a, a good fit for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so along with that, so I was doing some research on you, um, and I saw that your undergrad is actually in music education, um, which is mine as well. Um, I was a music <gasps> ed major and then went into ministry. Um, so it really caught my attention when I saw that for you. So I want to know about that little hidden gem in your past. Has that, you know, come into play at like the most random times? Because I know for me, sometimes I'm doing something and then music pops up or something comes up and that degree like kicks in and like you're off and you're running. So has that ever happened to you with that, that little hidden gem in your past was just makes itself known at random times. <laughs> I, guess I, I keep hearing the words hidden gem, hidden gem. I, <laughs> music was so music was my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, if you, if you can um, identify with um, a prayer that or a crying out to God that you had in your life and it was so significant that you remember the exact place where you were when you cried out to God about a certain situation that um, when I say music was my life it was my life I have not just one degree but I have two degrees in in music one from Spelman and one from SMU Mm -hmm. and um, I my voice, um, my, my main instrument was my voice. I played the piano and the violin, but at mm-hmm. the time I was, I was, I went to Dallas to teach um, music education, so I was doing choral music. Mm-hmm. And Dallas is one of the worst places for people with bad chronic asthma. Uh, my pulmonologist put me, pulled me aside and said, I really believe the singing that you're doing, the um, and the teaching, you know, you don't just sing; you teach when you sing. I mean, you teach, yeah, yeah. You you sing when you teach. Yeah. Um, was getting so bad that he highly recommended that I pull away from mm. that, and that sent me into a tailspin because my prayer to God was, "Why would you give me this talent? Mm-hmm. Why would you take this away from me?" And I kept telling God, this is all I know. This is all I know. You are taking my life away from me. And I saw that as 
being pulled away and never being able to use it again. And it was, it was a very, very difficult thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, God called me into the ministry. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had to go to, to seminary. <laughs> and my, my, the seminary world did not know me as, as a musician. Yeah. And so um, when, when music started, you know, when, when maybe if I was at church and, and they would say, oh, is, is there, does somebody play the piano? And then I would get up and go to the piano and everybody would go, oh, you play? <laughs> you sing? It it, 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 it it cracks me up because like there, there are some people that say, well, does she do anything else? <laughs> That's what she does. <laughs> and so, and so um, it is now, um, it, it's in my life a lot. I, I'm, in my, I'm in the orchestra at our church. Mm-hmm. I, um, in, in the BWA, I'm actually um, working with worship um, uh, things for the Baptist World Alliance. And so they know me that I sing and all. But in terms of my work and, my, and how I do my, my work in my professorship, I have a sense of creativity that I see other professors don't have. Mm. For example, I do not give quiz, uh, midterms, quizzes, or exams. Mm-hmm. I do evaluate you by how you use what you have been taught. Mm-hmm. So my exams are much, they're the, the multiple choice or write an essay. You know, no. I want to see you in, you know, how you are going to use all of these principles, all of these, these, um, these, these, these facts and, and all of this history and, and all these, this information that practitioners that I've, I've connected you with, how are you going to use this? in this situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so and i've had my, my my all of my students say you give the hardest tests ever but they either know what i've taught uh-huh. or, they, or they don't yeah because if you can't use it in ministry it's you don't know it mm-hmm. and and so i i, I am creative in how I do in the classroom, and I'm also creative in how I work in, on the mission field mm-hmm. when I get the opportunities. And then also, my creativity has helped me when I plan a certain way to, to do whatever my assignment is on the mission field, and something happens, and my, my location, my venue has changed from a room to under a tree or from a, a sanctuary to a open field uh, somewhere with no plugs, no electricity, no nothing, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting on the floor and the people that I'm talking to are sitting on a rock. Mm-hmm. I can pull on my creative experience, my, my creative knowledge and use what I have. Take that stick and write in the ground. Yeah, I cannot express how much peace you are bringing me right now. Um, Cassandra knows a little bit about this, but I was a I was a music ed major, and when I was in college, I developed asthma. Right as I was graduating, I was in a car wreck and broke my sternum, so I have not picked up my instrument and played in four years. 
um, which breaks my heart because for 13 years, that was my life. I started in sixth grade. That was what I did. Marching band, the whole nine yards, everything. You know, I was an instrumental, so I was a flute player. I learned to play saxophone. I learned to play the drums, the whole thing. Like, that was my life. Um, wow. And after my car wreck, you know, I, I kind of, before the wreck, I'd felt the call to ministry. But I was like, no, like, music, like um, music is my thing. And then after the car wreck, I couldn't play. Like I was still healing. I couldn't hold my flute up. I couldn't conduct. I couldn't do anything. Um, And it like, but then afterwards he, you know, he put Palmer in front of me and he said, no, here is your seminary. Like, this is where I want you to go. This is what I'm calling you into. And the way that you talk about using your, your music um, as a tool for the creating in the classroom, I completely understand because it's so funny. I'm at church and the, the people at church are like, you're, you're so creative when you're talking to the kids, but I'm not one of those to like test them and be like, do you know this? It's like, no, like, how do you express it? Like exactly the same way you were talking about how they're learning it, but then using it. Like, how are they doing it that way? Like last night I had them answer questions, but then I was like, okay, do a cartoon, do a play, write a song. How are you, how do you see these answers living out in your life? And like, it just, uh, it's like, it's that trusting, you know, God, you know, through that process of, well, okay, well, he's, he's quote unquote, taking this away from you, but then putting you here. No, he's, he's not, you know, he's just using that and pulling you in a different direction. Like you said, you don't know where he's leading you, but that trust that, you know, what he's done in the past and what you've gone through will be used and it will not go away, even though it's, it's changing and developing into something. How have you experienced that, you know, as a woman, you know, as a, um, as a clergy leader, you know, as an African-American, like how, how has all that experience played into your, your mission field? Well, for, for me, it it hasn't been, it's, it's always been there. Because it's, you know, it's a part of you. It's always been there. I remember um, in the early 90s, I was um, asked by Dr. David Cornelius to take a, a group of, of young women, and they were high school and college um, young women, to Soweto, South Africa, uh, to a church there and to do some youth ministry. The pastor, Pastor Padule, was asking for a team uh, to come and, um, you know, to connect with their, with their young people that were really experiencing a lot of angst, a lot of anger. Um, there was a lot of, he noticed a lot of um, uh, opposition with the youth and their parents, you know, in the congregation. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of uh, not being interested in school, not being, in, you know, and this, and they, their parents were the generation that said, you um, are living in a totally different South Africa and, and, and we want the best for you, that you, you can, you can, you have opportunities that we did, don't have. And, and, and so, uh, during our training, we were we were getting all of this information and trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to do this? So we mm-hmm. ended up guiding them through a production, a music, a a, a dramatic musical production. 
where they wrote the script based on their lives and they wrote their songs. They did the dances and we just guided them through. Now, what happened was we didn't know that there were young people in that group that weren't Christians. They went to the church with their friends and we weren't given that information. At the end of the entire, we were there for two weeks and we were, you know, helping them. We were helping them make their props. We were helping them do all this. But they were, we said, this is your, tell your story. And you're telling your story to your parents. Mm -hmm. You're telling your story to your, to your congregation. You're telling your story to your community. That dramatic presentation was like a revival for the community. There was no sermon, mm -hmm. nobody preached, but they were listening to their daughters and their sons and their nieces and their nephews and their grandchildren, and the Holy Spirit took it from there. Mm -hmm. But we, and then they were able to, to, we were able to show them how much they had in them, mm. how much they had in them. They, they could not say about us when we left and got on the planes, this is what they gave us. They mm. were saying, this is what they brought out in us. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's really God, God had already placed it in them. He just used us mm -hmm. as a tool to just let it grow, just let it come yeah. out. Yeah. So that, that's just, that's one of the examples um, that I have. <laughs> thank you so much for having me I really have enjoyed this conversation thank you for joining us today if you're interested in learning more about short-term mission and international ministries you can find us at internationalministries.org thank you for listening to another episode of Bridges for Mission we are so glad you found us till next time <laughs>